You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. So hello, it's Bernadette Janssen from She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to create an income and a life they love through renovating. And today I have a very special episode. I actually have a guest today and his name is Jason Snadden. And I, like most people who start down the path of building wealth through property, understand that the important part that mindset plays in their results, unfortunately, knowing is not enough. It's an area of your work that you do really have to work on. I have to say, I was once a bit sceptic and considered many of the concepts a bit too woo-woo for me. Uh, But I recently discovered the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza, whose research has uncovered a very clear connection between your thoughts and reality. And then it all started to make sense. And so today I'm speaking with Jason Snadden, who is not only a very successful investor, but he works with people to help manifest abundance. He's known as the abundance activator. So welcome, Jason. How are you? Thanks, Bernadette. I'm great. Thank you. And yeah, I'm so thrilled about Dr. Joe Dispenza because he's put the science behind what we, what I've been working with for so, so many years and I kept it quiet. I didn't share what I knew for a long, long time because I thought people would think I was too woo-woo. So it's only in the last few years I've been sharing what I know. So he puts the science behind yeah. it, which is awesome. <laughs> yes, actually, I found it quite challenging to grasp and, but also intriguing, just yeah, I can't put the books down. Yeah, no, he's great. I saw him in Melbourne last year and he is just an amazing speaker. He just held our audience all day, all day. He was incredible. So, yeah, he's, he's oh, Awesome. So let's get into it. So um, just to kick off, would you mind just sharing a little bit about your property journey? Well, my first property, I... I started my first property, bought my first property when I was 21 years of age. And, um, and I had just got a job with a company car and I'd sold my car and I had about $5,000. And my stepfather had developed a couple of properties and he was in a bit of a financial tight spot. And he let me buy one of these properties with $5,000 deposit. He left some money in for me and then I was able to borrow the rest. And then that was that, the first property that I got. And that doubled in value in two years. But I didn't really jump on the property bandwagon from that. You would have thought I would have, but no, I was more interested in partying and going out at that stage of my life. Um, but it was a, you know, my first success story. It wasn't until 2002 when I was, I, I was living in Sydney and I had a high-paying job in the arena through the whole internet.com boom time. And I was, you know, spending most of my money on, you know, partying and going out. And But I, I had enough deposit to buy a property and I was out looking to buy a property and I wanted to buy in Elizabeth Bay in, in Sydney. And the market, had, things were selling very quickly and I was a very disillusioned with real estate agents. I thought they were all pretty slack and they didn't really care. They didn't follow up. And I thought, gee, I could do a better job than these guys. It wouldn't take much to really do something a little bit different. But through, and I was pretty, I was pretty overworking with what I was doing in the internet arena. I'd fallen into that career. But through that process, I went on a property investment seminar and I learned 
how negative gearing worked and I, I learned how you could build a portfolio of properties and if you if you used your tax benefits it would cost you very little to run up to invest in a property and that made sense to me and it actually made more sense to me to be an investor versus going out and buying a property at that time to live in and then I got very curious about actually I think I'd be really interested in making that my career I I'd always been in a, in a sales sort of role and successful at sales and I thought, why not do that aspect of property? And, and what would it be like if, if I was being provided leads to go out and see people? And so I got a job with a company called Investment Property Solutions, which was part of Rams Home Loans. And we essentially got leads from all the Rams Home Loans clients. And I would go around, drive around the world and go and see people in their homes because they'd already they'd experienced equity. And I'd teach, show them how they could leverage off their equity to invest in property. Now, this company that I worked for was very blokey. Very, very blokey environment, but had really good training culture. Um, and so I learned a lot about uh, how to sell investment property. But um, I wasn't, I was one of the worst performing sales consultants for the company. And I didn't understand why, because I'd always been quite successful in sales. And one day I um, got handed a book called The Magician's Way by William Whitecloud. And that in that book, it taught me. Um, how your focus creates your reality. And it also talked about how magic happens when you're really aligned with what you want to bring forth. And it used an example of manifesting car parks. And I'd always been a really good, I understood how to manifest car parks. I, so I, it made that book made sense to me. But I thought there's got to be more to this than just visualizing or focusing on what you want. And so I started doing some more and more study and I learned what was going on for me in my work environment. I learned my, what one of my big limiting belief behaviors being that I play insignificant when I'm feeling like I am less than. And that was my default. And I, when I could see that I was playing insignificant in this sales environment, I was like, wow, this is interesting. I'm playing insignificant because I don't think I'm anywhere near as good as the guys that I'm working with. And that's, and that's being reflected in my results. And so that was the start of my, career and property and also it through learning about what the focus creating reality for the first time in my life I got clear on what my land of abundance looked like and that land of abundance included creating wealth through investing in property building a portfolio of properties over time I also got clear on what I wanted for my principal home my, I wanted a penthouse apartment with views of Sydney I wanted a relationship. I wanted a Mercedes convertible, you know, and I wanted, and for the first time in my life, I could see that I actually wanted to have my own business. And so I got clear on my land of abundance and property was and is a fantastic vehicle to leverage into my land of abundance. And it was. And from the day that I got clear on my land of abundance in 2005, February 2005, by October 2010, I was in my renovated apartment overlooking Sydney, my top floor apartment, just renovated it, lived there with my now husband and had a BMW convertible downstairs and had started building a portfolio. I think I had about four or five properties, investment properties at that time. So I was like, oh my goodness, this land of abundance has unfolded. This stuff works. And so um, so that's been my property, property journey. Property has been my vehicle to create wealth, uh, not only in building my wealth through equity, but also uh, having a business, a real estate business that created the income to support me building my portfolio over time. Wow. And can I ask you, when you created that land of abundance, did you write it down? I did. Yes, I did. I got yeah. very, I wrote it. So we, what I learned was, is that we're intuitive beings. So that was the, the other piece 
really important piece was that we're intuitive beings. And when we give ourselves space, i.e. through meditation or through creating space for presence, and we give ourselves space to connect into what is there from our unlimited self, so without any of the limiting beliefs at play, anything holding us back, what does this land of abundance look like from this unlimited perspective? And that's what I could see for the first time. I could see what was possible for me. And I'd never done that before because I'd allowed myself to really fully see it without any of the blinkers on and without any of the limiting beliefs at play. And that's why why it was so strong. That's why it was so powerful. Okay. And so what would you say has been your biggest property success, like in terms of results in investing? What would have been the thing that you would class as your most momentous success? Well, the, the, the most fun property and most uh, abundant outcome would have been our principal place of residence, which was we bought in the um, end of 2009. Market was a bit flat. And we had this vision. We wanted a we wanted a penthouse, a top floor apartment. We wanted it to be uh, uh, original. We wanted it to be a do up. We wanted it to be in central Sydney with views. And and as soon as we walked into it and saw it, we were like, "Oh, this is it. This is it. We have to have this." And um, you know, I'd been teaching my clients, you know, when you're buying an investment property, there's there's no emotion attached to it. But when there's <laughs> your owner occupied, the the emotion kicks in. And we really loved this property. And, but, and we were prepared to pay to, to get it. There was a lot of competition for it. And in this instance, we, re- we broke the record for the highest price paid for uh, an apartment in that building. But it paid off. <laughs> it paid off because yeah. we doubled our money on that property, uh, you know, in the, in the seven years that we owned it. And we made it our own. You know, we renovated it and we made yeah. it our own. So that was the most fun property. And another properties that I bought in uh, New Zealand have been totally different to what my, uh, my original way of investing was. These were uh, low-priced, cheapy properties that I bought in nature in New Zealand, which is where I grew up. And I could see these were bargains and they needed some money spent on them. And the first one I paid $98,000 New Zealand for, spent fifteen grand on it. Uh, today it gets $295 a week rent and it's valued at about $230,000 New Zealand. So it's the fun has been the result of that return on that investment. Yeah. And also yeah. it was a lot of fun renovating, spending the fifteen grand on it and just making the improvements to it. We painted, I've had it painted on the outside and tidied up the gardens and painted on the inside a new carpet and it was... It was very fulfilling doing that. And then the next one I got, which was one block with two houses on it. So the, the original old house at the front, and then they put a two-bedroom house on the back, but it's all on one title. And I paid $170,000 New Zealand dollars for that one. And the back house today gets $295 a week, a two little two-bedroom. And then the house on the front gets 300 a week. The house on the front, I had to spend a bit of money on it, needed a new roof, it needed completely fixing up inside. I think I spent about 20 grand on that one. But wow. the return on the investment's been terrific. And it just wow. gives me joy. And it was also a time when I was actually in nature looking after my, my mother who was uh, had terminal cancer at the time. So it was I have this feeling like, you know, this was a little gift that was happening while I was there looking after her as well. So it, it means a lot to me. So that was my most exciting property. And I've got another wow. one I want to share, which has been my, my yeah. little one-bedroom apartment in St. Peter's in Sydney. Um, I originally bought that 
um, as just as a pure investment. And as it was getting closer to completion, my husband got a job in Melbourne and I suddenly thought, actually, what if we set that up as Airbnb and then I use it because I was commuting between Sydney and Melbourne and, and I use it and then have it on Airbnb in, in between. And it was absolutely brilliant because it was my Sydney pad when I was in Sydney and it was and I was getting a really good return on it while it was on Airbnb most, most weekends on Airbnb when I was in Melbourne. And now that I'm fully committed to living in Melbourne, it's on Airbnb full time. But what I realised was how profitable the Airbnb thing was, which I wasn't even on my radar. It was only on my radar to serve me to be able to use the house. And so it's, it's, it's remained on Airbnb and it's been a, a terrific investment, terrifically high yielding little property uh, and a lot of fun so- creating it too. As well, yeah, it's you're speaking to the converted Jason. I, know. I, thought, I absolutely I love like him. <laughs> <laughs> so, in actual fact, I did a um, an episode on Airbnb just recently because I I think you know it's not for every property, but if it works for your property, it's an absolute blessing. And particularly when things aren't going so well, like if you're trying to sell something and the market's taken a bit of a dip, or you've got a bit of a stall in your project and can't get approved through I just think it's uh, it's an incredible gift so yeah okay so now now you work with people who want to build abundance financial abundance do you find that uh, financial abundance comes naturally to some people and not others it's been interesting you know 15 years of helping people invest in property and you see you you see so many different attitudes towards investing some people are uh, completely don't want to know anything they just take action and then they don't but they don't know any detail they just think I've got to buy a property let's just go and and but don't do enough take enough responsibility in what they're actually investing in then there's the others that are so fearful that they either get paralyzed and don't take action or they take action but they're taking action from this place of complete fear with the whole doom and gloom persona you know the expectation that, that it's all going to fail and nine times out of ten they'll be the ones that have all the problems that come forth you know bad tenants or property that's got problems or, or whatever it is and whereas the ones that are actually are and 100 percent know this is a great investment this, this feels really aligned to what I want to bring forth it's in line with my vision why I'm investing what what, what my purpose is behind investing and generally they're the ones that have the the greatest success and the more easeful outcomes, you know, tenancy straight away, good return, capital growth happening, great property, you name it. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for the energy that you bring to a transaction. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's quite interesting, you know, what I've observed over time is that when, when things start going wrong for someone, it tends to everything seems to happen, you know, and there's, it often shows up in full force at settlement time, you know, finance not coming together at the right time, the solicitor stuffing something up, you know, but it all seems to happen for the same person. And then the, you could have two identical properties next to each other and the other person could have it completely coming together with absolute ease, grace and flow. And there's something going on in, in relation to the expectation that has been set up by the person going through that experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so... What would you say would be the main thing that holds people back in their, you know, journey to financial abundance? You know, we hear a lot about, you know, as children, our 
beliefs around money are formed and sometimes they're a handicap? You know, is it your childhood or is it something else that, that could be the main Fund- contributor? Fundamentally, yes. See, we've all we've been by the time we're seven years of age, we've basically got our whole operating system at play because we've up until that date, we've been up until that time, we've been sponging everything that we've been experiencing either from our parents or, or from our community or in our, or, you know in, in the experiences that we're having. So we're making up everything that fundamentally is how we show up and we'll, and we'll repeat the same sort of things, like the insignificant thing that I was sharing with you, with you before. That's, yeah. that's been at play and still is at play, but I'm aware of it. So that was conditioned to something that happened to me through that period. And our money mindset is usually determined by our parents. And, you know, I mean, my, my parents... My mum was very, can't afford to do this, can't afford to do that. I don't have enough money. That was her conversation she was having. Well, my father was very money focused, but very, very tight with money, didn't want to spend any money. So I had those experiences. And so I went through a stage of being very tight fisted with money. And then I realized actually that doesn't work. And and I, no. and I also had the conversations going on, I can't afford this and all, I shouldn't do that. And it came from my parents, but I became very aware of what had been conditioned in me and I, I've worked on clearing that from myself so it's not even on my radar now so mm-hmm. we definitely are conditioned and the more we bring our awareness to how we're showing up the more we have the opportunity to decide again to choose again to choose what we would really truly love and the more opportunity we give ourselves uh, space for space to connect into what we want the more it's going to unfold for how we want yeah, yeah. So um, we have four young adult children now, but when they were growing up as teenagers, often I would hear them say things like, oh, I can't do that, I can't afford to do that. I would always say to them, it's not that you can't afford to, it's not a priority. You can afford to do anything you want to, yeah. but, you know, you need to take that out of your vocabulary because yeah, it's, brilliant. you know, it's not empowering. No. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I always find it. I find it quite challenging renovating because in order to be a good renovator, you really do have to be tight-fisted over the budget. And I find that's a little bit at odds with the whole abundance mindset. Is where it's it's useful because you're investing in for a return. So it's easy for you know letting the emotions take over and go, oh, I want to have the the melee ovens and the the best tiles. Well, it's not that doesn't make sense. You know, when you're renovating yeah. for for profit, when you're renovating for a specific reason. So absolutely, it, that's business. That's sensible yeah. business. You know, yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, unfortunately, it, it's the nature of the beast. So, do you believe in the law of attraction? Well, totally. That's what I teach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. And look. I thought that might be the case. Yeah, totally. It's look. So how would you suggest that we harness prosperity in our lives through the law of attraction? The first thing is to get really clear on what you want from, from your unlimited self. So giving yourself space to connect into what do I really want? What do I really want to bring forth? Now, the thing with property, if it's connecting into your reason why, why do you want to invest? Why do you want to build a portfolio of properties? Or why do you want to renovate for profit? What is the reason behind it? What's it going to give you? The more you can connect into what that's going to give you, and the more you're uh, connecting into what's giving you the joy, the joy-filled thoughts, feelings, 
experiences, the more you're going to be drawn to that. And that'll give you, that gives you your why. And then once you've got your why, then looking at, okay, well, if this is my why, if I were to invest in property or if I was to build a portfolio of property, if I was to renovate this property, what does that look like at its most abundant? And what's going to give me joy in relation to creating this or investing in this? And then the more you can connect into it at its most abundant, at its, at its most expansive, the more you are drawing forth that outcome. It is when you become wavering on it. So where people go wrong is they waver. They go, oh, no, that's, that's failing. Oh, that's not good. This has gone wrong. This is going wrong. This is it. The trader monkey mind starts taking over. And then you start focusing on the things that aren't right. And then, of course, when you start focusing on the things that aren't right, then more of the things that aren't right are going to show up. Whereas if you're giving yourself space connecting to the things that are right, the, the gratitude for the amazing opportunity that's before you, the amazing investment that's here that, that's creating such fabulous outcomes, the more that that's going to start showing up. Does that make sense? It does. And just on the, on the topic of gratitude, I know you and I have spoken about how gratitude has an impact on your mindset, but how does that actually work? When you're grateful... When you are grateful, you are in the frequency. You are in the frequency of what is. And from this place of what is, you are drawing forth more of what what you wish for. So the more you can create space for gratitude, the more you are attracting it in. So you can practice gratitude for things that you don't even have yet. I am so grateful for my amazing portfolio of properties that is drawing forth an amazing income and uh, wealth creation that it is bringing forth. I'm so grateful for that. So whether that's happened or not now, it doesn't matter. Is the energy that you are portraying. And the more you can feel it running through your body, the more you can feel the abundance flowing into your experience, the more you are drawing forth that, the more magnetic you are to creating that. Whereas the opposite is I don't have this. This is not in my experience. I don't have enough money. I don't have this. I don't have that. Blah, 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 blah then that's going to be your experience because you're putting out that, that frequency, that energy, right? Exactly. And also something that I often think about is that abundance means different things for different people. Yeah. So, you know, like for you, you know, your land of abundance was a penthouse with views of the harbour and yeah. uh, is it Mercedes in the driveway. For someone else, it might just be, you know, a home in the suburbs that's paid off. You know, it's, yeah. it is completely different, isn't it? Totally. This stage of my life, that's not my focus isn't on the material things. It's how I show up. It's how I how I impact other people, how how I draw forth and work with as many people who are who are also making a difference in the world. That's my land of abundance. So that's completely shifted. Yeah. But the playground for me was to have this tangible physical outcomes that was what what showed up for me at that time and I wanted to draw it forth and it set my foundation up you know I'm I'm financially free today so that so that I can fully concentrate on on the work that I'm doing now so it changes and that's the thing is not get locked into it being in one form it's expanding and letting it shift and change as you evolve yeah and I don't know whether you've noticed this but I believe that the more things that you get, the more that you get, the less that you want. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. Like it's ironic. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's so funny. You know, I was so important to have a Mercedes convertible back there. I like having a Mazda because they're so reliable and cheap to run and no, it doesn't use any fuel. You know, it's, it's completely different. You know, I just don't care so much about those things anymore. Not important. I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to portray you derogatorily. I was really just trying to make a contrast, but now I realise I've really put the label on you, Jason. Sorry about that. 
<laughs> but, it, but it's been my, it, it, you know, the, most people, this is the thing, this is the thing, most people think they have to have the fancy house and the fancy car and, the, you know, all the trappings with it because that's what we, as society, we're conditioned to expect. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. There's nothing wrong with any of that. And go for it. Go and for it. draw forth what you'd like. But the ultimate thing is the joy, what gives us joy, what gives us purpose, that is fundamentally what, what abundance really, really is. You know, because we don't, we come in here oh. with nothing and we leave with nothing, you know. So, but having the joyful experiences, the connections, the fulfillment, that is really the key to living a really rich, abundant life. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I, I often think that um, nobody ever lies on their deathbed and wishes that they'd worked more or made more money. They exactly. wish more for, you know, more connection with the people that they love. Yeah. And yeah, so absolutely. Okay. So, we're, just about to the end so what I would like you to do is can you give us your three top tips for renovators or investors for creating more financial abundance in their lives so my first one would be to get clear on your why what is your why why do you want to why do you want to either invest or renovate to invest or renovate for profit connect into what what the reason is you know, is it for, to give your family more? Is it to have, what is the reason behind it? And it's perfectly okay if you just love doing renovations or you love investing in property, that's perfectly fine. But just get connected into the why because if you've got your why behind you, that's going to, and your why at, at its most expansive, that's going to give you the, the motivation, the reason, the purpose behind it so that when you the chatter monkey mind comes and, go, and, and the doubt kicks in, oh, actually, no, this is my reason why. I've got my reason why here very, very clear. So that would be uh, number one. Um, number two would be to connect and to give yourself space to look at well, what is what what does my what is the best type of investment for me? Am I more of a passive investor? Am I an active investor? And what does that look like? So you know, and if I'm renovating, is that fun for me? Because I see it as fun. So is that fun, or would it be stressful for you? So looking at that, what's the best avenue for you to go down in relation to investing in property and the third one would be to keep your awareness on how you are showing up so if you've got the doubt if you've got the fear if you've got the chatter monkey mind running the show just to notice that and go actually that's not what I truly want to bring forth what I truly want to bring forth is building my portfolio of property and the more and the quickest way to neutralize this the quickest way and most effective way to neutralize this is practicing gratitude because it, it's a, a quick way of, I'm so grateful for the opportunities that are before me. I'm so grateful for the abundance that surrounds me because it starts putting you back into those good feeling thoughts, that frequency of drawing forth what you're wishing to create in your experience. Awesome. So there's some really practical ways to really manifest abundance. I just want to just summarize that just to remind people of what they were so first one is to get clear on your why so that you can make that your focus but the next one is to understand or make space for what is the best type of investing for you so you know and in particular with renovating if that's something that you find stressful then you might want to look at a different type of investing but if that's something that you love then you know choose something that brings you joy third Keep your awareness on how you're showing up. And if you find yourself slipping into doubt, to practice gratitude to neutralise that. Yeah, you do. And I would add the vital piece, take action. Mm -hmm. Take action. Nothing is going to happen 
without taking action. Exactly. So we don't just draw up, put up our vision board and then no. just wait for the lightning bolt. No, it doesn't, that doesn't work like that. You've got to take action. <laughs> so, you know, and the more inspired action you take, so, you know, what you're drawn forth, you know, what's drawing you forth to take action on, the more powerful that is. But nothing's going to happen without actually taking action, without taking the steps, without taking the leap of faith making the investment yeah, yeah. making it happen you've got to take action it's not going to just land and all, and if you're just taking the next step eventually it'll just unfold it'll unfold things will show up to support you along the way exactly so that is really great practical tips and information and jason if any of the listeners want to learn more about your work where should they go uh, or find me on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I have a, a Land of Abundance activation group on Facebook, which I post. I, I Whenever I get an inspiration, I do a, a carpool karaoke download and I'll share uh, informational snippets. I uh, sometimes add, download uh, meditations on there, all sorts of different things I, I post on that group. So, uh, yeah. And then if, if, if you're inspired to talk to me more, just send me a message either through my website or through Facebook. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much for all that inspiring information, Jason. And to those listening today, we'll see you next week. Thanks, Bernadette, and happy investing to all of your listeners. Thank you so much. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com. 